1: Okay, so what is the fuss over Ohio Senate Bill 83? Uh, The guy who has proposed it is named uh, Jerry Serino. Jerry Serino, like Gran Torino. Uh, And he is, in the eyes of those who oppose his uh, proposed bill, uh, kind of a get-off-my-lawn guy, like Clint Eastwood was in Gran Torino. Senate Bill 83 is evil and horrible and terrible and awful. In the eyes of all the uh, wokesters who came out to protest it. Because it could cost universities money. And official recognition. Now if there are two things that universities love. It is money spending it. And they love to pat themselves on the back. With big awards. So if Jerry Serino's bill is perceived as a threat to either one or both of those endeavors. Well then it is an evil bill and it must die. A quick death. But. If you really look at Jerry Sereno's bill, you if you have a brain say what's the problem? I kind of think that's a good idea. Number 1, it would prohibit financial partnerships with China. I mean, that seems kind of like something that maybe would have been a good to have a decade ago, maybe two decades ago. It would ban faculty members from striking Okay, well, if you're paying for your kids to go to college, don't you want university professors to have to work? I mean, they could solve their employment dilemmas in ways other than penalizing your kid who they claim to care about, right? Uh, It would require tenured faculty to go through performance reviews, which could include student evaluations. Did you ever take a class from a prof who had tenure? I did. I took a a folklore class at OSU from a prof who had tenure, and it was a clown show. We learned nothing. He came when he wanted to, was drunk half the time, stoned the other half of the time. Nobody could in any way, shape, or form figure out what this guy wanted. He was volatile. You never knew when he was going to snap, go off, yell, scream. He couldn't get away with that now, of course, but I went to school back in the day where you could and he did, literally mock people for their last name. What kind of a name is that? That guy needed to be subjected to performance reviews. He wasn't, so I'm in favor of that as well. Uh, Jerry Sereno's bill would require colleges and universities to get state funding to submit a four-point statement. So any college or university that gets state funding would have to submit a statement that states the institution's commitment to Intellectual diversity and free speech. I mean, wow. What an oppressive piece of hateful legislation requiring universities to commit to intellectual diversity and free speech. <laughs> Again, this is being held up as like some scary, horrible remake of education in the state of Ohio. All of it sounds pretty good to me. And it would also force them to put their outlines or course syllabi online and it would eliminate required diversity, equity, and inclusion training. This is how we got in this mess that we are in, in our country. There is this post George Floyd and it flares up from time to time. It's a Marxist viewpoint that if you have an unequal outcome, The only cause of that unequal outcome is racism or discrimination of some sort. If you have an unequal outcome, it has nothing to do with how much effort a person has put into learning, whatever the concept is, or training to get better at a certain thing. There's nothing to do with that. It is someone has put their foot on the scale, their finger on the scale, their elbow on the scale. They have tilted the outcome. Someone has discriminated against the person who does not measure up in the end. This is why we now have idiots at Ohio State and elsewhere saying we are committed to hiring 500 faculty over the next X number of years and X percent of them will be black indigenous people of color. B-I-P-O-C, BIPOC. It says nothing about, we're going to hire the 500 best faculty members we can find over the next 10 years. That's not part of it. It's, no, X percent of our population is black, X percent is Hispanic, X percent is Asian, so we're going to shoehorn our academic hires to fit those percentages, because, I mean, if we come up with an outcome that doesn't exactly match our population demographics, then the only explanation for an Unequal outcome is discrimination of some sort. This lie is written about in Heather McDonald's new book called When Race Trumps Merit. Bad things happen when race trumps merit. We see it all throughout our Columbus City schools. We see it all throughout our Columbus City neighborhoods. When race trumps merit, right? We don't arrest and incarcerate for long term. Kids who steal cars. Why? Because the juvenile court justices in Columbus say, oh, you're putting too many black kids in jail. You're putting way more black kids in jail than you are white kids. Well, race doesn't really enter into our decision to put anyone in jail. It's the criminal activity. Oh, no, 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 no. Here's Heather McDonald talking about the rampant issues that we have because we refuse to face the fact that Some people do things to drive an outcome. And that outcome often does not match up with population demographics. And yet we explain it away as not by individual decision, not by lack of effort, not by devotion to detail, not by anything other than by race.
2: I look at this inner city culture and it is absolutely counterproductive. It is destined. There's there's no way you can look at this and think that there's a, any possibility of, of closing the skills gap. You have the hip-hop culture that celebrates violence, cop-killing, misogyny, drug-taking, theft, bling. Uh, and you have the anti-acting white syndrome, which says that if you're a black kid and you're actually taking your textbooks home to study and you're not going and running the streets, you're acting white, and then you have an enabling elite that has lost confidence in the bourgeois values. I was just today walking through Times Square in New York City and you know, p- going past a strip joint, and I remember the halcyon days of the 1990s when Giuliani, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, transformed the city by saying, I'm not going to apologize for bourgeois values like neatness, getting porn out of Times Square, not having people colonize the sidewalks, expecting law and order. You, you jump the turnstiles, you're getting arrested. And we've lost confidence in that. And we're not enforcing public order. And the elites have said, well, maybe we'll still kind of try to live by traditional norms when it comes to our own child rearing. But we're sure not going to tell anybody, especially blacks, who now have a 71% out of wedlock birth rate, which is cataclysmic, It is it is it is impossible to civilize young males with 71 percent of black children being born in a fatherless home. We are not we have lost the confidence to say children need their mothers and fathers. And there's many reasons for that. There's feminism and there is also gay rights. Let's let's be honest. If you say that children need their biological mothers and fathers, You will not only be accused of dissing the strong women who say they can do it all and be single mothers just fine. You're also dissing the lesbian couple, and everybody's terrified to do that.
1: Now, she obviously is speaking truth right there, but there would be a large number of people. And they are grifters benefiting off the lies that a disparate outcome is driven by discrimination, not by individual choice, not by poor family structures, not by the things that she outlined, not by basically the things that now are labeled the patriarchy. Oh, that's antiquated thinking. I mean, you can't expect a a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, right? Women should not play uh, subservient maternal roles. Men should not be the disciplinarian in the home. And they nitpick generalities that have for decades applied to culture and kept culture orderly. They nitpick it and in so doing, destroy it. So we have a bill in the Ohio Senate, Senate Bill 83. There's always one. This year, there's actually a couple that have really riled up the left. And when you try to take money away from colleges, when you try to uh, tell colleges what to do, they don't like it because for the last 50 years, they've been working really hard to eliminate conservative thought, diversity of thought from college campuses. Oh, they'll say they're all about diversity. In fact, they have reams and reams and reams of diverse, equitable, inclusive initiatives. And they all cost money and they all pay really good money if you're involved in them. And so you you state legislators, yeah, I know you theoretically have control over what we're doing here because government, but just keep your nose out of what we're doing because I mean, absolutely, positively, we do not respect you and we do not want you, as Jerry Serino, the sponsor of this bill says, in our sandbox. Yes, that is pretty much what it's like at your major universities, which is your state universities, in every state, not just Ohio. Jerry Sereno's bill would ban diversity, mandatory diversity training. So, you know, if you're in there and you don't like being called a racist, but you have to sit through a seminar where they call you a racist and tell you about your white privilege and you have to go on a privilege walk and you have to confess to it and you have to put your pronouns in your email and your rainbow flag on your email during whatever month they decide to co-op as Pride Month, Jerry Sereno's bill would spare you all that. He also does not like what he calls ideological litmus tests in hiring, which I read you a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the job postings for openings at Ohio State, and it's just a woke word salad. Here's Sereno's comment. If you look at the ratio right now, as most studies have shown in both faculty as well as staff, it's like a 90-10 relationship. I can tell you they're not out hiring droves of people who are not following the woke agenda. And a lot of that, a lot of conservatives who would object to that are not even bothering to apply. So we're missing out on some very talented people here. He says, I'm all for diversity. I think we should have more diversity. But that includes diversity of thought. Yeah. Diversity of thought. What's wrong with that? Remember when college campuses were supposed to be a place, free exchange of ideas? Debate your ideas, win on merit, all that antiquated. Get rid of it. No! Words are violence. Unless silence is violence, in which case how you're supposed to know the difference. Well, I know how you know the difference. You listen to the person with purple hair and a ring in their nose. They'll tell you what the difference is between when words are violence and when silence is violence. Jerry Serino says they want us to stay out of their business, but keep sending us billion dollar checks every year. That is an unacceptable viewpoint. We do, legislators, have a seat at the table. We're not just check writers, and we care about Ohio, so we care about higher education. Good for you, Jerry Serino. Would you like to hear some of the objections that students in the state of Ohio had, uh, I'm not in the business of saying that Kamala Harris knows anything. But she did say, at some point, I've seen the clip, I don't think I have it at my disposal, that, and this was exactly what she said, kids in college are stupid. Well, they are useful idiots when it comes to an endeavor like professors amping up their opposition to a bill like Senate Bill 83. And so here's one named Casey Smith, public administration and political science major, Muskingum University, has been accepted to the John Glenn College of Public Affairs at Ohio State. And here's Casey. I don't know if Casey's a man or a woman. I wonder if Casey knows. Uh, Casey says, upon acceptance to both universities, I was asked similar questions. How would I contribute to diversity on campus and why diversity was important to me? Why is that a relevant question? Nope, did anybody ask you when you went to college how you were going to enhance diversity? You know what question people ask me when I went to college? What are you studying? That's what they asked me. What are you studying? What do you want to be when you What's the last part? Grow up. What do you want to be when you grow up? Casey Smith by talking about how wonderful it was that he or she was asked how they're going to contribute to diversity shows that he or she has not grown up. In a space funded by, oh, she's talking about some, he or she is talking about some space at some college. And he or she says, I was able to help create a space that embodies acceptance and unity. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? If I said to you, hey, Bill, or hey, Wilma, would you go over there and create a space that embodies acceptance and unity? What would you do? I bet Casey would know what to do. (laughs) Okay, let's move to Emily Lohman, psychology graduate student, University of Dayton. I am here to express my deep concern with Senate Bill 83, specifically regarding the implications of limiting diversity, equity, and inclusion work in higher education. Not only does this threaten students' ability to self-reflect on their own lived experiences. Huh? How would a bill... Threaten someone's ability to self-reflect, which is redundant, and just reflect. How would it limit your ability to self-reflect on your own limited experiences? Emily, are they inside your head? Are the conservatives at the state house inside your head? And if you're sitting there at Starbucks with your latte, ruminating on your own lived experiences, how are they going to stop you from doing that? Emily, you are seeing ghosts where no ghosts exist. Um, She says diversity, equity, and inclusion provide a space for individuals who have different perspectives to share their life experiences. I bet not. I bet not if a guy comes wearing a MAGA hat, you'll be too interested in hearing about his life experiences. She says if we do not prioritize input from diverse populations wrong. Why do you have to prioritize it? Why isn't including it enough? See, I have no problem with including it. I want to include it. I want to include different perspectives. I don't want to prioritize it. I don't want to put my finger on the scale and tilt the outcome toward one. I don't want to say that a black person or a Hispanic person or an Ethiopian person or a white person, I don't want to say that anybody's opinion is more important than another because of their skin color. Or because of how they were brought up. Include it all. Prioritize none of it. That. That. Is what is meant. By equality. But that is not what is meant by equity. Equity is. Equal outcomes. And equity requires. The very thing that they say. It does not. Require. Equity. Equity. Requires discrimination. That's the only way you get to an equal outcome is to discriminate against someone, to hold someone back, to take something from someone. Now we will see this play out in an interesting story that, if the sexes were reversed, and if the races apply, that that the races didn't apply, that do apply. This story would be national news. It's right here in Ohio. You haven't heard about it.